This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Monday the 26th of October. And we've been holding our breath until yesterday, Norman, for an announcement on easing restrictions in Victoria, but it didn't come, even though the 14-day average, that rolling average, is now down below five, which was the threshold for opening up. So why has the Premier, Daniel Andrews, delayed announcing an easing of restrictions? As we've said many times on Coronacast, that average of five is not really a terribly meaningful figure. And as you get down to low numbers, what counts is in fact the outbreak status of the virus. And here you've got this outbreak in the northern suburbs that kind of reprises what happened at the beginning of the uh, second wave in that corridor and the uncertainty that comes with it. So I think you can take a kind of conspiracy theory to this, that it's not being transparent, or you can actually imagine what's going on there. And I suspect this is taking advantage of the situation that we're still in lockdown. Taking advantage in a good way or in a bad way? Well, neither, really. It's more that they don't know fully what's going on. It's clear from a few things that we've seen that this probably started with a, a hospital outbreak and then spread to the suburbs. And it just shows you yet again how things can start from small beginnings. And this is quite a significant outbreak. They think they know where everybody's getting it from and they've tied it down, but that's the key question. The irony here is that if this happened two weeks from now, let's say, for example, yesterday they announced the lifting of restrictions and you got this outbreak two weeks from now, there's no way they would have reimposed a lockdown. They would have done their best to cope with it. I think what they're doing just is being simply pragmatic and saying, okay, we've got lockdown going Let's just not lift it up quite yet until we're absolutely sure we've got this nailed because there's no going back from here. And I really think it's, it's as simple as that, unless we're not getting the full story. I just think it's, we can't go back, let's keep it going. The other thing that they might be thinking about here is uh, can they go back to where we came into the story back in June, July, which is, if you remember rightly, they ring-fenced 36 suburbs. I think it was 10 postcodes. But that didn't work back then. But they didn't have mask wearing and they, they weren't very restricted really at that point. So it's not surprising it didn't work. But are they thinking right now that they might actually continue the lockdown in the northern suburbs of Melbourne and let everywhere else go? I mean, that would be a difficult thing for them to do politically and a very difficult thing emotionally and psychologically for a lot of Melburnians. So... I suspect it's buying a bit of time just to make sure they've got it nailed. They've been through a lot of pain already. You could imagine that you wouldn't want to throw it away if you thought that there was the potential for it to flare back up again. But it's a big ask. And you said before, Norman, that perhaps we need more transparency from Victoria. What do you mean by that? I think there's more transparency now than there was. But you just get the feeling sometimes that you're not getting the whole story. And when you should probably be getting more information than you are. But I suspect here that they they simply don't know. I mean, I mean the, the most kind explanation is just probably the most pragmatic, which is contact tracing is pre- getting pretty good. On Friday's RM Breakfast, which I was hosting, I interviewed Professor Ewan Wallace, who runs contact tracing, and he was talking through how they really do feel they've got this, uh, the, the, the contact tracing has improved a lot. And I specifically asked him about this northern suburbs outbreak and he felt that they did in fact have that under control. So they were looking, they were feeling pretty optimistic on Friday. So something's happened on Friday and Sunday, but it may just be that they didn't have all the information and they just want that 
another couple of days in lockdown. So we know that coronavirus isn't the only health problem facing people in Victoria because we're human beings and we're we're dealing with all sorts of things. And one of the really big things that perhaps we should be giving a bit more attention to on Coronacast is the mental health side of things. We've had a question or a comment from someone who lives in Melbourne saying they haven't left their home since July and now they're afraid to go out, not because they might get COVID-19, but because they're afraid of what they'll find in the world. Will their favourite shops and cafes be shut down? Will malls be teeming with Christmas shoppers or will they be ghost town? Everyone's wearing masks. They're too claustrophobic, agoraphobic, self-conscious, traumatised to contemplate it. So how do they explain that they still can't leave their home, even though they're not locked down? And how do they get help? I'm so sorry to hear this comment, and I suspect you're not alone, but you need help and you actually need help very quickly because what you're showing signs of is really quite a serious anxiety issue. And you've got to actually get that sorted out. And you can get it sorted out by speaking to a psychologist and entering into some cognitive behavioural therapy where the psychologist can talk you through this, get down to the bottom of your thought processes and really readjust your thinking. You should not continue to feel like this. First of all, it's agony for you. Secondly, there's no shame in it. And thirdly, there is help. So the best thing I can probably suggest is the Beyond Blue Coronavirus Helpline where they will be able to find you help. And that's on 1-800-512-348, 1-800-512-348. If that doesn't help you, talk to your GP about getting a referral to an experienced psychologist who's good at cognitive behavioural therapy. The thoughts are not silly thoughts uh, at all, but you've got to reframe them practically because there will be nothing to fear about coming out. Things won't be that different. And I think that both Tegan and I can tell you that, um, at least I can certainly, because I live in New South Wales, is that when restrictions were lifted in New South Wales, it's just remarkable how quickly you get back to what feels like normal. It's not normal. People are still socially distancing. You've got to do your little QR code and you go into restaurants and so on. But it feels relatively normal. And that's the way it's going to feel quite soon in Melbourne. So it's important that when you can get out, you do. But... Get, please get some help and please call that number. I'll give you it again, 1-800-512-348. I'm certain that this isn't the only person in Melbourne or anywhere in Australia who's feeling like that. So you've got the number. Um, hopefully you can get some help soon. And so, Norman, not, not a question from our audience, but in reference to something that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the idea of a mask being a form of – or a way towards variolation against coronavirus. But there's been new commentary from experts saying that this probably isn't the case. So variolation is the technique that you use to immunise against smallpox before the cowpox immunisation came along. So what they did with smallpox, this is before Edward Jenner discovered that milkmaids didn't get smallpox because they got this other pox virus called cowpox, called, it was also vaccinia, which is, the where, which is where the word vaccination comes from. But prior to that, people would immunise against smallpox by giving a tiny dose of smallpox, maybe by puffing in some of the scabs to, into somebody's nose or scratching it into the skin. Ooh, delightful. So a small dose to immunise of the actual virus itself. So the idea here was with coronavirus is you're wearing the mask, you wear the mask to protect other people, but maybe it protects you as well. And there is a bit of evidence that you reduce your chances of getting infected. But maybe the hypothesis was you got a small dose. And that small dose was the equivalent of variolation, which gave you 
a little bit of the infection, not enough to make you sick, but immunise you. And there's been a letter to the New England Journal of Medicine suggesting there's no evidence for that, and you really need to be careful with that sort of story there. Um, you wear masks for the evidence that we've got for masks, and you don't need to add on any other theory. So speaking of masks, we've got a question from someone who's saying... If you're on a plane and you're wearing a mask, as you, Norman, advised people to do last week, should you try not to eat or drink while you're on the plane or could you have a 10 to 15 minute mask meal break? I think we can let you have a mask meal break unless, of course, you get them to, this is Will Ockenden, our producer's idea, is that you get them to um, liquidise the uh, the meal and you suck it in through a straw. <laughs> sounds so disgusting and we don't want to try it. Don't let the flight attendant touch the straw though because then it's all for naught. Remember, you're wearing the mask to protect others, and so you could have a short break from it, and the fact is that you'd be wearing your mask for most of the trip. For a short trip of one hour, you probably can hold off. Having food is just when you're starting to make longer trips to Perth and other places where you really do need to have uh, something to eat on a long, a long flight. I think it's going to be okay, and probably, as Ryan McIntyre suggested, the, you know, probably the greater risk is going to the toilet. Yeah, definitely don't eat in the toilet. No or straw, and lid down, no aerosolisation. Well, that's all we've got time for on CoronaCast today. Yeah, we love your questions, particularly if they relate to toilets. So if you want to send one in, go to our website, abc.net.au slash coronacast, click Ask a Question and mention CoronaCast so we can find it. You can also leave a comment if you've got something other than toilets that you think that Norman could talk about. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you can. And we'll see you tomorrow. See you then. 